Welcome to Season 2 of the Adult Children Voices Across America Speakers Meeting Podcast. You can attend this meeting live on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific Time using the Zoom ID 848-5208-0640, password 061120. For more information about adult children of alcoholics and dysfunctional families, visit adultchildren.org. The following speaker share from Joanne V. was recorded on May 19th, 2022. Hello, everyone. My name is Joanne, and I'm a recovering adult child calling from Vancouver Island, Canada. Wow. <laughs> there's so many here that I know, and, and there's so many that I don't know, but that's all cool. We're all in it together. And um, I think that's probably one of, one of the greatest gifts that I got out of the ACA program was my ability to find my voice and speaking in meetings or speaking tonight um, just goes to show that it was never lost. <laughs> it was never lost. It was tampered down growing up in an alcoholic and dysfunctional household, but it was never lost. And uh, so I thank everybody here tonight that's sharing space for my recovery and everybody else's recovery. And I've asked the higher power to fill me and give me what I need in order to speak through me to you. So I'll be pausing through some of this just to, just to gain my thoughts for what I need to say next. Um, I have a little bit of notes just so I'm not all, all over the place, but I really kind of like to speak authentically and straight from my heart. So with that, um, I'm going to just share you share my story with you what it was like and how I qualify to being an adult child of an alcoholic and dysfunctional household, how I grew up. I grew up um, in actually a lot of shame. Uh, there was, I had no voice. My needs were not met. There was a lot of sexual abuse, shame and confusion. Um, I had uh, about, well, not about, I had four head and brain and neck injuries before I was five years old. And it wasn't until I came into ACA that I discovered that they weren't accidents. I, two years ago, last April, I had no idea that I had trauma in my life. That's, that's where I was at. I was so dissociative. I was so much in denial. I had no clarity of who I really truly was. I was living in a false self all these years. So in my family, I was the hero child. Um, my brother, I have a, two, two, a brother that's two years younger than myself. And I have another brother that's a half brother and he's 12 years younger than me. And I was basically in charge of my brother that's two years younger than me, because uh, we were in the same household. And that was from about the age six on that I became his parent figure, um, responsible. And I didn't know any different. I took that responsibility on and I got praise for it and I got attention for it. And I got what I call love for that. Even though I was a child of six, 
I wasn't capable of taking on that responsibility. So I, I could feel that pressure even at that age that I wasn't enough, that I needed to do more. And I was handling responsibilities that I wasn't capable of handling. And there wasn't very long ago, like I would have nightmares about that same sort of feeling that I would get, that panic, that fear. Um, I ran away from home when I was about five years old. <laughs> um, yeah, I just didn't want to live there anymore. I remember too that I was about five years old and I decided I didn't want to be in the house anymore and I just wanted to sleep in the doghouse in the backyard. I thought those were normal things. I really did. I thought everybody did that until I got into ACA. <laughs> um, between the ages of six and 14, my mom and dad divorced and um, I moved around with my mom. Just previously to that, when my mom and dad were fighting, I remember that she would leave the house slamming the door saying she was never coming back. And my father was the, was the uh, active alcoholic and my mother was codependent. And for a child that's five years old or young and younger, hearing those words, I really truly believed it that she was never coming back. And I just remember the screen door shutting and me peering through and watching her leave in the car. I don't know what happened with, with my dad, but I remember being really, really scared because he couldn't change a diaper or he said he couldn't change a diaper and he, he couldn't cook, like just the necessities, right? He was very angry, angry, angry man. So back to when my mom and dad divorced and my mom moved around. Um, she ended up marrying four times in my in my life time. Um, but the second time that she married, it was I was put in I was put into a blended family with. I had a stepbrother that was three years older than me, and he was paid to take care of me because my mom and her husband would leave to work. They worked in a mine at five o'clock in the morning and wouldn't return till five o'clock in the afternoon. I was in grade three and he would have been in grade six. And so we were responsible to get ourselves up, get ourselves breakfast. Plus we were, we couldn't stay for lunch. So we had to come home and we had to make our own lunch. And we were, I, re I just remember always being really, really hungry. And I didn't remember this until I actually started into ACA and, and my trauma therapist that um, there was a reason why I failed grade four, five, and six. I, I couldn't concentrate anymore. And, and I was failing reading and mathematics and they put me into a remedial program. I remember my grade six report card, the only comment on the back was what a disappointment. That was the comment. And through the, through the trauma therapist, I, I discovered and came up that, that I was not only being physically assaulted during the daytime, but sexually assaulted during the night. Um, my father, when I go visit him on every second weekend, his bathroom was graffitied with pornography. And I learned how to read through Hustler and Playboy that was left at the bathroom 
Um, so quite a dysfunctional. I'm sorry, do you hear that? Yeah. Quite a dysfunctional uh, household in that, that environment also. So my mom and dad ended up remarrying and my mom married Bill and my dad married Heather and Bill and Heather were brother and sister. So it didn't matter whether or not I was with my mom or whether I was with my dad, I was in total dysfunction. Uh, my brothers were treated differently. They were given like different curfews. They were allowed to play hockey, whereas I wasn't allowed to figure skate because it cost too much. I had a voice, but I wasn't allowed to use it. So it was a lot of like hands up, like we don't want to hear it. Um, I learned that uh, with my needs not being met, that I couldn't trust. Uh, I was trying to tell them how I felt. And I was trying to tell them how I felt, and each time I was, I told them how I felt. It was, it was commented that no, you don't feel that way, or you shouldn't feel that way, or let's see if I could, if you could change it. Happy was okay, but being sad or angry wasn't allowed. I lost myself. I buried myself in the false self. I learned that busy is better, and I make sure I look really good on the outside. So nobody knows what's really happening on the inside. My productivity became my self-worth. Between the ages of 15 and 22, I left home at the age of 15. I got tired of moving with my mom to the different, different husband. And um, um, I graduated from, I moved in with my boyfriend's parents. And my boyfriend ended up being my first husband. He was an active alcoholic. I married my father all over again. Um, it was also a dysfunctional household. I did graduate from, from high school though, because I gained back my memory as soon as I left the dysfunction household of my mom. <laughs> I gained my memory and I ended up graduating from high school. I actually got fully recommended, which was top one third of the, of the classes. I went on to university and I graduated with an 85% average and pretty well a photographic memory. So as soon as I was taken away from that trauma, I gained my life back as far as my memory goes. Uh, my degree saved me uh, because uh, later on I did end up divorcing my first husband. And my laundry list traits saved me. They, they, they helped me survive. And today I'm learning how to integrate those traits rather than to dissolve them. Ages 22 and 42, I became a mother of two beautiful daughters. When I left my husband, I joined Al-Anon right away. And that was like, I thought was the icing on the cake. Like before that, I went, was going into bookstores and I was trying, I was going to the, into the nonfiction area, you know, the self-help fiction, the self-help area. And I'd be looking for books, like there's something wrong with me. I don't know what it is, but there's something wrong with me. And then I thought, no, I do qualify for Al-Anon. My dad is an alcoholic. So I started going to Al-Anon. And I got a lot out of it, a lot. I was in there for over 20 years. I started going to AA. I, uh, I wanted to figure out why my dad acted the way he did. Because I, I love my dad. But he just, he wasn't acting right. I couldn't just put my finger on it. So anyway, after my failed marriage, um, I did end up marrying again. 
uh, I married a man that was more like my mother, a codependent. And I, I didn't realize it because I got, I got married within six months of knowing him. But I was traumatized in the marriage also. And so again, I started to curl up into a ball and I lost my memory. And at that time, I had been teaching for 20 years. And I went into the doctor on a Wednesday. And he said, by Friday, I want you packed up. And I, you're never going to return. That was it. I was put into speedy retirement at the age of 42. I'm 57 today. I didn't know why. Again, I, I was in denial. I had no idea it was the trauma. I didn't realize that. I knew he was sent to anger management course for 16, years, 16 weeks, but I just thought, ah, they, I just, I couldn't see beyond my nose. I didn't want to see. So we decided to move out to BC, but he still had two more years of work. And we purchased a place here on the island and three weeks before we were gonna move here, he still had two more years left. And he said to me, he said, cause we were gonna go furnish it. He says, you're not getting a return ticket, are you? And I looked at him, I thought, well, I was planning on it. Like at that time, I'm like, he's my husband. I gotta love him. Like, regardless, I gotta love him. And I thought about it and I thought, no, why would I get a return ticket? So with a suitcase, I left Saskatchewan and moved out here not knowing a soul or a relative. And he stayed back. And every day I was out here, I got better and better and better. And pretty soon I caught my memory back. But in the meantime, I had two years of neurological testing and five specialists, they couldn't find anything wrong. They were like, they were perplexed. They thought at first I had early Alzheimer's but they couldn't find anything. So they, they, they chalked it up to severe depression, uh, extreme anxiety, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, and PTSD. So I was labeled and believed it and thought, there I am, I'm sick. Well, I started into different 12-step programs Al-Anon, I did steps in there. I did steps in AA. I did women's steps, 12-step meetings. Um, and what brought me to ACA, I did a Melody Beattie Codependency No More step group, 12-step group. And it was with the same, same women that, that I knew from the island here. So we started out before the pandemic in my home. And then when the pandemic hit, we went on Zoom and continued it. Well, it was about, I don't know what question it was, what step it was, but they wanted us to do this one step with our, this question with a non-dominant handwriting, like with the opposite hand. And this had to do something to do with inner children of some sort. like. Kind of crazy but whatever so I put the pen in my left hand because I'm right-handed and I started to write and I wrote and wrote and wrote and that printing that I wrote was 
neater than my writing with my right hand. And I read it back and this little girl, she was so pissed off. I'm now knowing I, it's my teenager. She was so mad. She was like, where have you been? I've been doing this life all by myself. And I just like, I was reading, I was like, what the heck? Oh, that was a real wake up call. Cause it was like, like I need, I need to, I need to find out what's going on here. So then I started Googling inner children. And then I come up with loving parent. It's like, and then came up the word ACA. What the heck's ACA? Children of alcoholic dysfunction. I got to look into that, right? So I thought, what is it? And right away, the laundry list shows up. These 14 traits. I'm like, okay, well, I'll see how many I get here. <laughs> Read one, two, three, four, all the way to 14. And I went, OMG. I think I found my home. I, I knew them all. I knew them all. And I was like, I totally qualify. And that hooked me right there and then. Along with, there was another question in that 12-step program that I was working on, that Melody Beattie codependency no more. And the question said, it's something about patterns and relationships. Well, I knew my relationships in life sucked. <laughs> I never had a successful relationship. So my sponsor at the time said, well, write down all the patterns for all the things that attracted you to your past man relationships. And we'll see if we can find a pattern. Well, guess what the pattern was? You're attracted to people you can rescue and just, and you, um, how does that go? And you um, confuse love with pity. And, and, it, and it was right there. And then I, I started reading ACA material and it was like, oh, that's it. That's exactly, that's the pattern that I have. So it was like, click again. So I thought, you know, there's a solution in here. And I kind of start, started to feel this, like, this swelling in my chest. Like, there's, there's a solution. And there's hope. Not only do I belong in this program and can identify, but the solution is become your own loving parent these inner children I was like whoa I gotta know more about this so I started into doing ACA meetings <laughs> and that was zoom right that was zoom time during the pandemic so I hit a meeting every day and I couldn't get enough and I went to the big red book meetings I went to laundry list meetings, I went to uh, daily affirmation meetings, uh, meditation, loving parent, inner child meditation meetings. I went to every workshop that was on every weekend. <laughs> I just couldn't get along enough. And, and I see people nodding their head because you guys see me around, right? It's like, yeah, I see you. So I, 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 I found my tribe, you guys, right? You're my, you guys are my fellow travelers. And I was so happy that I found out that the fellow traveler is somebody that's on the same level as me, that there's no hierarchy and that we could be friends and we could travel together and learn together. And the, the big thing I, I think that really started off is that I learned how to ask for help. Can you help me? 
I need your help. And other, other ACA people would say the same to me. It's like, yeah, like, let's see if we can organize like phone call once a week, you know, an hour of phone call. And we'll just, we'll start off just talking about how we feel. Right? How, do, how do you feel? Not try to change it. Not to start, not even needing to know why, just listening, right? Listening to each other. And then what is it that you need? Or what is it that you needed that maybe you didn't get? And then the other person just being an encourager. And I believe, like to me, having my fellow travelers, when I speak to them, is when I can see the most growth in my program. I can see their growth. And I tell them about it. Wow, have you come a long way? You know, remember when? And it's like, yeah, that wasn't very long ago. Look how far I've come and blah, blah, blah. And it's just, it's very, it's a wonderful relationship. And it's the first time that I learned about intimate relationships. Not, I always thought it was sexual, but it's not. It's an intimate relationship. Somebody, some people that I can trust, that I can have a voice. I'm heard, I can feel. Those are things that I've never ever had in my life. And I always knew I needed that, but I didn't know how to do it or how to get it. Yeah, so whew. I went into the steps and I started doing step work. And oh, <laughs> That's when I started, I, I came out of denial for the first time. And I had to grieve. I had to grieve the parents that I thought I had that were like unbelievably remarkable. I came to terms that they had to take responsibility for my, my accidents that I had. It wasn't me. And yet I, I learned how to come full circle and know that they were ACA people too. And they, that was how they were taught to treat children. I got out of denial about, about the trauma that I experienced. I had to go with a, a therapist also. And weekly fellow travelers, I, I have four of them that I contact, we contact each other on a, on a weekly basis. I can't do this by myself. And I shared like crazy in meetings. Every meeting I went to, I tried to share whether I knew what I was talking about or not. I just, I just knew I needed to get comfortable with my voice and to talk with like, not, not the intentions of, of getting attention, but just, just needed to have a voice. And to hearing the shares and say, oh my gosh, I can so relate to you. What an experience. The steps also brought me from, took me from denial into clarity. My relationship with my higher power definitely increased. And through daily routine of prayer and meditation. The shame and guilt ran rapid in me. I needed to release this feeling and with a therapist help and weekly meetings and for other travelers it's just it's it's coming down it's 
Sometimes I still have it in my nightmares, but it, it is lessening. Because that shame and guilt used to be so heavy on my chest. I remember it felt like it was a 300 pound gorilla sitting on my chest. I thought I was going to die. And I don't have that feeling anymore, thanks to ACA. Reparenting, daily practice. I belong to um, um, a weekly meeting group that does the guided meditation. I also started into that new, our new book there on the Loving Parent Guidebook, right? Going through that. Reparenting on a daily basis, um, not only with that group of the, me uh, the guided meditation through the inner parent, or inner children and loving parent, but also just practicing it myself every day. And you know, just before this meeting, I'm, I'm not kidding either. I had to ask my inner kids what they needed because I just came off of, I was doing a laundry list meeting an hour before this meeting and I knew I had an hour off and I said, okay, what do you need? And they said they wanted a bedtime story. So I put in my earbuds and I got into a calm app and there's a Sienna, the sleepy sloth, <laughs> the 30, 35 minute story. So uh, I, you know, I was with them through the story, rocking them in my rocking chair with my blankie, you know, and afterwards they were just settled and calm. And it was almost like a permission. Okay, you can go do what you need to do now in your meeting. <laughs> they were happy and I felt so much settled. So I've learned how to use this method of reparenting throughout the day if needed. Um, I approach self and self-care um, and all others coming from a place of love and compassion today. And like when I talk about the gifts of ACA, my life before, I used to, I used to handle things out of fear, fear and anger. And today with practice, just like practicing relationships, <laughs> practicing the loving, loving parent inner child. I've learned with practice that I give, I, I say a silent prayer, ask my higher power in and say, please, can I handle this with love and compassion? Just like I did coming into this meeting. Can I present myself? Please let me present myself in a loving, compassionate fashion. I've learned to how to involve myself in intimate relationships that are healthy. I still date. <laughs> The dates don't last very long, so it seems like it's like I just can pick them up like this. It's like, and and not in an ignorant way. It's just like, ah, no, this isn't gonna work, you know, because I can pick up now that you know that they're either rescuing me or they're you know they're needing to be rescued or whatever. It's just like, no, I'm not I'm not fighting into that anymore, you know, kind of thing. So, it, and I I go on that date probably I average once once every week or once every two weeks, like a different person because they don't usually last too long and I mean just they're just walking dates but it's like walking and talking dates and like they they want to pursue but I usually say you know I I don't think I don't think we're sure you know like I don't think this is going to work for me and I've learned to have that voice in a loving compassionate way you know I I don't react I I I, I choose my words wisely but at the same time I don't get all down on myself it doesn't work it's just like well 
it was good practice. <laughs> it was good practice. Um, I am hoping, and I say this in the morning when I do my my stretches. I I I and my my intentions. I am hoping for a healthy relationship. I've got I've got a wonderful life, and I'd love to share it with somebody. But I know my higher power is in charge, not me, and I'm not about to control that and try to mold somebody into what I want anymore. So I'll wait. I do pray my higher power to give me guidance and patience and to trust the process because I like to grab that back being I like to have that control right so it's just like I just I got to keep praying and say nope it's just not my time now I attend oh I said that um Okay, so today's my day. Today, my daily routine. I begin. I was just going to go through this a little bit. It might help some of you. Um, today, my daily routine insists I begin in in prayer and meditation. I have uh, affirmations. I in my phone, like rather than scrolling in Facebook, all the negative news and all that stuff. I try to fill my phone, my news feed, full of affirmations and a lot of them are ACA affirmations with the loving parent and inner child and they're encouraging and inspirational and they're real and then I got a I've got a, an a, a Facebook group that I post three of those that I that I choose every morning as just sort of a pass on like I I can't keep I I got to give away right I can't remember that saying but I mean I I want I want to help I want to give it away in order to keep, I guess, my recovery. I guess that's sort of the, what they say. Um, I go to meetings pretty well on a daily basis. I do forest walks. And in there, I, I practice the meditations, loving parent and inner children meditations. Um, I talk with fellow travelers. I talk a lot with fellow travelers. Today, I have a voice. I do have a voice. There's sometimes I have to really go back into reparenting and look at, especially if the fears start coming up or the distorted thinking. Through the steps, I mean, I learned like I have character defects. Um, you know, I. I have those things that still kind of come up every now and then. I have to talk to somebody about it usually and get a different perspective because a lot of the things that are going running through my head isn't real. And it's usually my critical parents that starting to beak off, you know, trying to trying to deflate me, I guess. Perfect example is tomorrow. Like this is where I am today, right? Like, I mean, I've got so much more to go. I will be here forever. <laughs> I just, it seems some days, it seems like I'm walking so many steps ahead and then, then I go back and then so many steps ahead and then go back. Tomorrow, I, I like today, I, okay. I bought a new car at the beginning of this month, new SUV, which is huge for me because my critical parent would say, you know, I'm not worth it. I don't deserve it, but I am. And I bought it. 
So coming home today, I went and I went to put the brakes on and there was this grinding noise at the front. And I'm like, oh gosh, I got to go into the dealership and I got to get him to check out what this noise is. And like, they have no problem with it, but my head is going, how much is this going to pay? How much is, how much is going to cost me? And am I going to have the courage to stand up to the authority figure and tell them that I shouldn't be paying for this? You know, like all this stuff is running through my head. It's a huge amount of energy. But I'm an ACA person. And I think this is what I have to go through sometimes just to keep practicing. And, you know, tomorrow I'll wake up and I'll, I'll go through my routine and it'll be like, I'll, I'll just look, I'll go there and I will be as assertive as I need to be. And I know I'll be fine. Just like, just like speaking tonight. I mean, there was a lot of different thoughts that were going through my head, but I knew when the meeting got started and once I started talking, I'd be fine. Today, I know my needs matter. I have learned how to quiet the critical parent and instead turn to my loving parent. I basically remain in my true self most of the time. And I love to play and have fun. And before, I couldn't. I would feel guilty. I'd wake up the next morning. If I did something fun, and then the next day I wake up, I would have an emotional hangover. I would feel so guilty for having fun. And today I don't feel that, thanks to ACA and practicing and to giving myself permission. My inner, my inner kids are like, they're like, the, at the first, you know, when I said about the non-dominant handwriting, like they are no longer angry. They're like, yay. Like every day they get to come out and they get to play and they get to talk and they get to, to have a voice and they get their needs met. The distorted thinking today no longer directs me most, like most of the time. So there's very le there's less fear. I know I can change my mind at any time. That is, that's been a lifesaver of a, of a sort of a phrase because if I think about something, I'll talk myself out of it. But if I say, okay, I can change my mind at any time. So say I'm invited to a woman's tea. I can say, I can change my mind at any time. And then I go and I get dressed. And then I say, I can change my mind at any time. I go to leave the house. I can change my mind at any time. You know, just giving myself permission. And I never do change my mind, but I just need that phrase get me going, get me there. I have forgiven my parents. I see this as a generational disease. And I believe that I, my kids, thanks to Al-Anon, I will have to say, because that was my program and they talk Al-Anon <laughs> and ACA. I believe the disease has stopped in that generation. I have an awesome relationship with my biological children. I'm still trying to feel totally comfortable in my true self. At times it feels scratchy. So again, I just pray, pray to my higher power. Please let me feel comfortable in this new self. I've learned to, uh, in order to heal, I have to feel. So I give myself permission to feel. On Monday, for example, I knew it was off. I didn't know what was wrong, but I gave myself permission 
to lay on my couch, listen to my heartbeat and deep breathe for most of the day and just feel and be okay with feeling. I couldn't have done that two years ago. I would have been busying myself or like dissociating from myself somehow, like whether or not it's like binge TV watching or whatever, lots of distractions. I've learned to live with it rather than going through it. I know that there's always been a saying, you know, oh, this too shall pass. I, I think it, it's okay to, for it not to pass, whatever it might be. I've lost both my parents the last two years. And this grief has been, my mom, when she went to, when she, last time I saw her and I was crying and she, because I knew it was the last time I'd see her. And she's like, Joanne, don't cry. Don't be sad. That's what she said to me. And I've learned that I can cry and I can be in it. And it's okay. I can learn to live with it, not go through it, not to change it. I've learned to check in and recognize who is running the show. Is it my inner children, my teenager? If it's my teenager, she's usually scared and angry. They all seem to feel responsible for adult stuff. And that's all because of my childhood, because of the way I was raised. So I have to constantly go back and say, hey, honey, this is yours. This is my stuff. This is my responsibility. Relax, go chill. The only thing your responsibility is to tell me how you feel and what you need, and that's it. I have learned that I have to approach life as a mature adult, not as my little children who are running scared and can't handle that responsibility. As a mature adult, I can handle it. I'm grateful for my higher power. I wouldn't be here if I didn't have that relationship with my higher power. When I was running the show, it didn't work. And just being able to just relinquish all control and give it to my higher power to surrender. So much freedom in that. I'm so grateful for my fellow travelers, such you guys. I can't do this alone. I have learned today that I can ask for help and that you have my back in everything, anytime. I saw it here even just before, right? You see it in meetings just before and after. It's like, can you do this? Can you, oh, I can't be there. Can you do this? Oh, she's not here. Oh, I'll cover. He's not here. Oh, no problem. Blah, 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 blah. Not a one person show anymore. Today, I'm very grateful that I can show up. I can be willing to learn new stuff. I have the courage to host beginner meetings, ACA meetings, and do the techie stuff and all that. And yes, I make mistakes, but it doesn't mean I am a mistake. 
I've learned to show up and to be real and authentic. And this is my true self. I don't wear makeup anymore, not well, lipstick, but like, I mean, just there's been so, I don't even dye my hair anymore. I'm just like, this is me. This is, this is who I am. I'm not anybody else. I'm done with that false self. That false self was so hard to keep up with all that stuff. I'm still learning. I still have a long ways to go. But that's life. And this is a journey. And I'm so grateful um, to be here and to be able to speak tonight. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And with that, I'll pass.